0: to stop telling people to show up as their authentic selves and then when they do we crucify them. Then we can have all of these beautiful things and I can be absolutely miserable. My preference
1: in knowing myself is I don't want to struggle financially. Welcome to season three of Single You The Podcast. That is what your ears have tuned into, okay? My name is Rika, I am your host, and I am a certified life and success coach. That is the hat that I use to execute this podcast, but with that said, girl, I am no expert. Mm -mm. While I do take this seriously and I do move with intention, I'm not the expert. I speak through my lens as a single Black woman with no kids who's been through some things, okay? So welcome to season three. Now, the first two seasons of Single You have been about the journey into a toxic, abusive relationship, whether that been spiritually, financially, physically, or emotionally. And then the journey out and into healing. We've heard many stories, even my own stories, and they served a specific purpose. And those shows will always be here on this platform. But now it's time to pivot. It's 2023. I want to go on a journey of proving that a marriage can be healthy. People can be happy in a monogamous relationship. It just all depends on the truth we tell ourselves and the work that we do. I speak to the black woman of faith who desires marriage, who wants to date with intention. That's who I'm talking to. When I'm speaking, that is who I'm envisioning in my mind. Now, if you don't fit into that box and you think that I'm speaking to you, welcome to Single You, the podcast. Don't turn it off, welcome, okay? Here we go, let's get into the episode. Okay, welcome to another episode of Single You, the podcast. Um, Obviously, I'm your host, Rika, and today I do have a guest. I love it when I have my my friend, Tayari, but y'all can call her a Dr. T, Dr. Tayari Wilson, and we were going to discuss Mavs um, and give our commentary on the episodes up to like, I think episode 18 or 19, and we may still get to it, but what I want to say if you listen to me, you probably also follow um, a woman named Ebony K. Williams. I know that if you listen to me, you definitely know who Auntie Ayanna Van Zant is. At least she's my auntie in my head, so uh, we'll call her doctor as well. And they had a conversation. And in this past week, week and a half, um, at the time that uh, Dr. T and I are recording this, the internet went crazy. <laughs> As the internet does, um and so we decided being of the same age as ebony, um being well educated like ebony, uh being black women like ebony uh to have this conversation about would we date the bus driver um and obviously, I didn't want to have this conversation by myself. I love to see what you think about it, and I love to see what my friends think about it as well in fact. Dr. T and I are in a group chat <laughs> uh, with our other friend. I'll call her Sky for the purpose of this podcast because she has also been on Single You the podcast, and in the episodes that I had with her, I titled her Sky. And so we've been talking about this, and so we're going to have this conversation. Um, yeah. So without further ado, let me bring my friend Tayari to the podcast hi hi, hey hey there oh girl (laughs) yeah and honestly if it wasn't for you i would not i may have seen it later but you were the one who brought it to my attention and you were Mm -hmm. like we need to talk about this (laughs) yeah yes and um now i see why Mm -hmm. so what i'm gonna do for the purpose of this conversation because you know, I love. I, I just I want to set everybody up to un, like hear the same thing, and understand the parameters. Pri, Is it parameters? Parameters, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The parameters of it mm-hmm. of what we're gonna be talking about. Yeah. Um,
0: but first, anyway, how are you? Thank you. For being <laughs> Thank you. Listen, I'm I'm doing absolutely amazing. I uh, can't wait for us to really dig into this conversation. And uh, whoo so many yeah. thoughts. Let me just so, say that. Yeah, so many
1: thoughts. So what I'll do um, for those of you who maybe have not heard this conversation in full, and maybe you just saw the snippets on um, the good old Instagram streets, I want to play you the section that we are going to be talking about within the full conversation that Ebony K and Ayanna Van Zandt hat,
2: so here we go. How women need to, I don't know, position ourselves so that we can be in our divinity, so we can have our crowns right, how we can create and not build, when some of us, quite frankly, feel that the men that are available to us, and I'm talking about across the color spectrum, across the age spectrum trust me, I've done them all um, they are not positioned to protect nor provide because of some of the statistics we just talked about. They're not earning the incomes, they're not having the resources, and some of them are not even showing up in the leadership. Would you date a bus driver? would you date if a he bus owns driver? the bus, if he owns no. it, if he owns the bus See, that's, owns no. that's a problem that's a problem. That's a problem because the standards and requisites, and I'm not talking about him laying on his sofa playing video games all day. (laughs) I'm not talking about Mm -hmm. that. But the standards and the criteria that we use to measure men is off for who Mm -hmm. we are as women and who they are in this society. I would date a bus driver Mm -hmm. if if he loved driving the bus, if he was a man of integrity, if he was good to his mama, if he treated me well, I would date a bus driver. But we think that it's another human being's responsibility to give us what we need instead of us building together. I can build with a bus driver. I'd have my little stash over on the side and my prenup, but I could build with a bus driver. <laughs> so I think some of the criteria that we look for in the reality of today keeps us unhappy, keeps us angry, Hmm. keeps us in balance. And then when the men show up, we want to beat them up because they're not living up to our standards and criteria. And and it's not working, beloved. It's just not working. Okay, so let
1: me start with these two questions first, Uh, Tayari. Can we agree, uh, for the purpose of this conversation, that ebony is allowed to have a preference of who she wants to date
0: yeah no absolutely absolutely she should be able to have her preference um and own her preference and she should be able to do so uh, without criticism without ridicule um we all have our preferences and i think that the difference between ebony's position and most women's or most people's position is that uh, we don't have to publicly share it
1: right right and then are we allowed to be vocal about our preferences then. Right. For even people who don't have to publicly share it on a platform as big as Ebony's, but maybe with their family members and friends. Should we be allowed, are we allowed to publicly vocal vocalize that?
0: Well, I think if we've learned anything from her experience, right, that we're all very publicly witnessing is that we should probably only share those preferences in safe spaces. Right. And so unfortunately for uh, Ebony, the space that she chose to share her preference in, it was not a safe space Uh, and then we saw her kind of come back and double down on that preference and it just continues to be kind of an ongoing disaster for her. So um, I don't think we have the same privileges as other demographics as Black women in America. We are not allowed to share our preferences if it is not a preference that is easily acceptable by the masses.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, okay, what did you originally get from that statement, right? Because the the snippet that was out before watching the full conversation was Mm -hmm. the only part where Ayanna said, would you date a bus driver? And Mm -hmm. she said, if he owns the bus, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how did you feel about that
0: original statement? Like, what did you get from that? So, you know, listening to her say that said to me, literally my first thoughts were, Okay, that's her preference. That's what she wants for herself. Um, I think it's really unfair for people to try to project their preferences onto other people, allow people to have their preference. That's what she wants for herself. Um, I don't have to understand it. I don't have to agree with it. Um, It doesn't have to make sense to me. I don't need to validate another person's preference, whether it's hers or any other uh, public figure or person that I know. Um, The fact of the matter is that is her preference. And I, I wasn't really, and I love Auntie, uh, Iyanla, Doctor Vincent. But when she said that's the problem, that's it's wrong. I I didn't agree with that. I think that um, in some cases it is a mindset for some people, um, as it relates to maybe they are seeking after the the something different than what we think they should be. But it doesn't necessarily make it wrong, in my opinion. Oh, that's wrong. You should want someone who is X, Y, or Z. No, I think that all of us have to be honest about what we want. And, um, and that's what our expectations should be. Our desires and our expectations have to line up. We got to stop telling people to show up as their authentic selves, and then when they do, we crucify them. You say, no, not like that though. Not, <laughs> sh- okay,
1: show up as your authentic self, we do. And then they say, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Not that,
0: not don't
1: that, that person. As I would want you to show up. Yeah, I'm- yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, You definitely um, went to a point and a question that I have, but I'm going to, about a Yanla statement, but I do want to, I I want to ask a couple of questions before we get there, because I'm I'm so glad that you are already thinking that way. Uh, So before we get there, I want to know, (laughs) would you date a bus driver?
0: Yeah, you know, this is how I feel about me personally. You know, I think that the woman is created to reproduce. We're created to multiply, and for me, I don't care what your profession is. I do agree with um, with Doctor Van Zandt, with Auntie Ayala, I- when she talks about character, right? Because you can be a man of great power, great influence, great wealth, and your character can be. A disaster. It can be trash, right? You can be a hateful, horrible, mean-spirited person. You can have certain habits and addictions, right, that are contrary to my own values and morals. So for me, it is always about personhood, right? Um, are you a hard worker? Are you integral? Um, do you have a plan? Are you a man with a vision, you know? Um, do you know how to laugh and enjoy life? Do you love God? Are you a God-fearing man? So for me, it's always going to begin with... First and foremost, your personhood, your character, what kind of men you are. And then if you are a man who um, is a hard worker, to me, that's attractive. I don't care which uniform, whether you're a white collar or a blue collar, honey, you, you make, you're making some things happen based on the place that you're in today. Now, if he is a man that seeks more, greater expansion, duplication, right? I'm the kind of woman I feel like I'm built, right? I'm equipped. I'm anointed to do that, right? In my womanhood. And so uh, if this is where he sees himself, this is what he wants to do. Um, I think even as Auntie Yellow said, is he happy driving the bus? If this is what brings him joy, fine. But baby, if you want to own a fleet of these buses, I got a plan. I got a strategy, right? I have skills. um, I have know-how, right, that we can incorporate into our space in order to make that happen. Do you, you know, what is it that he ultimately wants for himself? And so I believe, right, because I'm a woman of faith, woman was made for the man. And so it is our um, responsibility to help nurture and to cultivate and to grow a thing. And so it's not about necessarily where a person starts, but it's about their willingness, their ambition, their motivation um, for where they wanna go, where they wanna be. So yeah, Yeah. I would date the bus driver. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so did characterize
1: it after asking the original question, but I bet you if she characterized it for Ebony first, Maybe mm-hmm. her answer would have been different because Iyanla said I would date the bus driver if he loved driving the bus, if he was a man of integrity, if he mm-hmm. was good to his mother, if mm-hmm. he treated me well. Now she went on yeah. to say she would get a prenup and all of that, which I totally yeah. understand that as well mm-hmm. because uh, Ayala mm-hmm. got the point. You have
0: to protect yourself. You do have to protect yourself.
1: We have to protect yeah, ourselves. We do. Mother. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you never know what happens in five, 10 years or what have you, but- it reminds me of the movie, Haunt for Jesus, when, did you ever see that movie?
0: Yes, I did. I saw it.
1: And so much, much there. there. So much there. Um, uh, but the, the the part that I'll pick out is when Taraji was so about um, helping this man and being on the corner and really showing up, I think, more than he did for his dreams and what have you. And yeah. And when I meet you, if you are the bus driver and you love driving the bus, and you show me that you have discipline and integrity, yeah. and you're on time, you clean your bus right, you 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 have joy in your job, then yes, I could date you. But it becomes a problem when we do meet the men who are unhappy with driving the bus, um, who have no discipline, no who discipline, don't have a relationship with God, who right. Aren't Emotionally intelligent, right? And that is unfortunately yeah. my
0: experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how do you steward what you have? And I think you said Taraji. I think you meant Regina uh, Hall. Uh, sorry. sorry, was I'm the sorry. wife in "Honk for Jesus"? No, that, no, I know what you mean. But um, yeah, and it's about your ability to steward what you have. Because let's be honest, there are men um, who really do make the money, but they can't maintain it. They are accruing, they're acquiring the, the income, but they are horrible uh, managers of their money. They're terrible stewards of their resource. And so they can't build. they don't have anything. They have education and they have income. But because they are undisciplined, because you talked about discipline, because they're undisciplined, they can't build anything anyway. So what is the purpose of me being with someone that I cannot build with? So, again, it is about their character. It is about their emotional intelligence. Are you intact? Because you can be a great man of power and influence. And again, um, have rejection issues, abandoned issues, trauma that's unresolved, grief that's unresolved, all these issues that you project onto me and bring into these spaces. And we can have all of these beautiful things and I can be absolutely miserable. So uh, I-, I think that she missed it. I think that Auntie Iyala gave her an opportunity to really um, be open, right, to something that perhaps is different because she did go on to share how she had dated an attorney and he was making 400000 I think, a year. And he, he wanted to be part, like she. And so to me, that says for her, it's about something deeper. It's about more than money. It's also about um, prestige and status and ambition and some other things. However, she's within her right. To desire whatever it is that she wants for herself. I mean, for me, it's just it's just not um, a concern of mine. Person, it has no implications for me as a person, as a woman. If another woman wants something different than than what I do, and that comes from doing the work,
1: right? So, what I think happened is it felt like she excluded a lot of men who. I don't know if they thought they had a chance with Ebony <laughs> you know, whatever it is, right? Because can can we agree, when you read the comments, a lot of oh. people in their feelings about what, who she said she wouldn't date.
0: Yeah. But if you think about it, you only really see that happen with Black women. You don't really see that with other pre, uh, demographics. When other people say that they only want to date wealthy men or women, or they only want women of a certain color or race or background, et cetera, I don't see them come under the kind of attack that that this woman has, that Ebony K. Williams has. I mean, people um, have really internalized her preference. I think a lot of people were triggered by what she said. They felt personally attacked. and insulted to some degree because she, perhaps what she described didn't, um, they didn't fall within that preference. And so I think that one thing about triggers is that they're always gonna show you where you need to do the work. And so this was really, really revealing that not number one, not only do we have a real serious mental health crisis in America, but also that something as, Un, you know, unimportant, right? Insignificant as another person's preference right. would create such a viral moment where people feel inclined now as she shared later, which we talked about to send her death threats to say we hoped that you die broke and alone. Um, yep. people have literally yeah. ripped it's this woman. Yeah. yeah. For me, that is more terrifying than her having the audacity to publicly share her preference. The backlash,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, my little cl- cl- clinician friend, that clinical side coming through. I <laughs> living she's a cl- clinician. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I, and with Ebony's preference, um, mm-hmm. even watching this video that from the snippet to the video, I also listened to uh, her podcast, and I've followed Ebony since the podcast started literally wow. the first episode um, yes. because she's a lawyer. And I love what, what mm-hmm. she is doing on her podcast is teaching people the laws of the land. So we know the laws and so we can shift our country politically and why voting is important so we can change the law, which yes. I love like, great. Mm-hmm. I'm not a lawyer. These are things that I want to know, but mm-hmm. you know, now her personal life is seeping into the podcast, which is totally fine. So she did break it down why she said, If he owns the bus and why ownership is important to her. Okay. And so her preference, it seems like she knows herself enough to know I need somebody who also where ownership is important to them. Yes. Otherwise, I am not going to be able to romantically love them the way that I need to Mm -hmm. in a Mm relationship. And so that's how I understand it. Because my preference in knowing myself is I don't want to struggle financially. Right, right. I am not struggling financially as a single woman. I could definitely be better. You know, COVID got Mm -hmm. myself a little debt and I'm working towards, I'm being disciplined enough to work towards being out of debt again. Mm -hmm. So I don't want the quality of my life. I like to travel. I got to get down to Houston a lot to see my friends. (laughs) Yes. I like to eat out. Uber eats my best friend. Um, I like nice clothes. We you saw the outfits that I had to buy when I was in Houston because I had some other yes. things that I needed to do. Um mm-hmm. I like to look nice, especially when I'm stepping out. Yeah. I don't have to stop that, minimize that, whatever in a relationship because you are trying to play catch up as the bus driver, as the garbage man as whatever it Mm -hmm. like you said it's not the job title i and bus drivers and my cousin is a bus driver my cousin Mm -hmm. makes more than me in seattle washington as Mm -hmm. a bus driver than Mm -hmm. i do as a project manager right now now Mm -hmm. i'm only a year in and i'm gonna keep going but (laughs) i mean like he makes more than his wife they got two kids like he's doing it um and he's a bus driver he loves it he started at I want to say twenty-two out of college, oh and God. yo, this is so fun. um And he loves it. Garbage yeah. money. Um, so I am with you on that, where it the title doesn't matter. It's more about discipline and your yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. How how do you? I mean, and I get that. You and I, we I, I feel the same way. I don't want to be in a situation that's gonna that's going to diminish or take away from my current quality of life or my current lifestyle. And no woman, no person either way, right. Should, um, should have to subject themselves to that, unless that's something that they're comfortable with doing, right. Unless they intentionally make a decision to do so. However, I I think it just goes back to what we said earlier. It's about how they steward what they have. If you steward what you have well, You understand if you have a certain level of financial uh, literacy and responsibility, then it's really not gonna matter because when you partner with someone who is like a, a, a Ebony K. Williams, who are women like ourselves, you know how to multiply, you know what to do with the money, you know how to help someone to expand and to, and, and to increase, right, and to take maybe their business um, to another level or to expose them to greater um, opportunities or a higher way of thinking. I do think that women are really amazing at doing that in the lives of a lot of men i mean i i've seen memes i've heard men who are successful talk about how being with the right woman i think this was the same thing with gucci and keisha k or, a part of their story he talks about it you know what i'm saying she took what he had and she multiplied it right over the time that he was away you know on vacation you know and okay. um he married her and when he came home because of that, because he said, wow, what a woman. Look at what she was able to do with what I had. So I think that when women are open, to, if you're the kind of woman who has um, the ability to multiply, right, which we all should have, because I think it's a God-given thing, I think it's innately a part of us, then... Perhaps opening yourself to saying, let me see if I can do something here first before we automatically dismiss someone because of a perceived status or perceived um, economic, you know, uh, situation. And it may be more way much better than what we what we assumed or what we presumed about them. So.
1: Right. And and dating is supposed to be data collecting anyway. That's right. right. He's the bus driver, but let me see how he's disciplined, how he you know. Um, And I. I will say going back to the comment of you know i don't want my quality of life to downgrade because mm-hmm. i'm sudden dating um mm-hmm. i understand that life happens right so they yeah. get 10 years in and he loses his job he got hurt whatever happens but that is after i know who you are your integrity yeah. your uh, how you love me how you you know so then you can expect me to i hate that word expect but i feel like if i married you and i did vows my duty i would want to then okay how are we going to work this out from here on but if we are on and you are not disciplined and you have no integrity and you don't know how to love well you're not emotionally intelligent and you don't have any relationship i don't have to hate you we we have to stop thinking that everybody just because you're the opposite sex of me has access to me. Right. You don't. Sorry. Right. If that right. hurts your feelings. If that makes you feel some type of way, what did mm-hmm. Dr. T about 15 minutes ago? You have work to do. Yeah. To do. Be- Dr. Darius Daniels, Pastor Darius Daniels says that we have to stop judging ourselves mm-hmm. when we are doing what we are supposed to do in fruit inspection. Right. As all my people buy their fruit. So we right. as a faith, Okay? Right. Data collecting, fruit inspecting to say, inspecting. okay, yeah. I know that this is good for me because I know myself, I can operate in this space, and we can operate well together. Yeah. Or, mm, that's not for me, no thank you, and walk away. And I walk exactly- away. Yeah, and I don't have to do it with disrespect. There is a way to do it with agape love. Um, Darius Daniels also says, everybody deserves love.
0: Mm-hmm. But- not deserve access to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good too. Uh, but he's always dropping gems and nuggets. I, lo- I love I Pastor Darius Daniels. But I, I would say this also. And, and when someone is sharing their preference or when someone is inspecting your fruit, right? Um, we have to make it a habit of not personalizing or internalizing, I should say, internalizing Um, how they feel about what they see in their process of inspection, right? We've got to stop internalizing it. It doesn't mean necessarily that you're not good enough or that there's something wrong with you, but it could literally just mean that this is not you're not who they see themselves partnered with, or what you have to offer is not in alignment with the vision that they have for themselves, or that they have for their lives, and that is not always a um, something that is just, uh, you know, a reproach on a person, or condescending, or degrading, or negative, right? And so I just think that we live in a culture, and I, and I partly think that social media is to blame. We live in such an incredibly sensitive culture of people where people are, their immediate response to no or to any kind of disagreement is rejection, some kind of internalized rejection or, or I don't, people just don't have the capacity for no. Yeah, for no. And I, <laughs> listen,
1: and I'm gonna see if you follow me because I've just wrote some notes, I exactly. I love how you said we live in a sensitive culture, right? Yeah. One of the books that I um, give all of my clients, especially when I was coaching heavy, is The Four Agreements. Mm -hmm. And in that book, one of the agreements is do not take anything personal. Yeah. And again, because maybe you felt excluded, you felt like you had a chance with Ebony, whatever, then you internalize that as saying, oh, my God, she is calling me back. Expecting right. when she used the words like average, mediocre, and what have yeah. you. Yeah. And she had another conversation with DJ Envy and um, Charlemagne on The Breakfast Club, which I don't know if you watched that, but it was a mess. Mm. Because we could not agree on the definition of the word. So if we can't agree on the definition, then we stop there. She should have stopped there. I wish she would have just said, you know what? Because you're not taking the actual definition from the dictionary of what average means then i we need to stop this conversation because there was a lot of projection, in my opinion so much projection that envy would say well you hurt people and you did this there is an argument to to say listen I, I do believe in there's nonviolent communication and um violent communication and on my platform i do try to um make sure that i guess i'm, I'm giving my opinions with love and there is a certain way that i do talk to the listener of my podcast but ebony said she don't care about your feelings (laughs) like she she said that on the breakfast club conversation so we need to come to an agreement that how she's using average and mediocre means this if you think it means something else that has everything to do with your sensitivity to words right and also, if you do the work on yourself, average, mediocre, what have you, can mean something different to you. Yeah, it's subjective. It's very subjective. subjective. So yeah, my average isn't negative because I'm yeah. just like, well, if you, because in some people's worlds, there's different levels to this too. If it was Beyonce, and I don't think it would be her because Beyonce's too sweet, but Beyonce would look at me and probably think that I'm average. But- I'm teaching a um, project management class for students to pass the PMI. They nice. don't think you're average because I already passed. So they're like, well, yeah.
0: You're exceptional to them. You're above average. You're exceptional.
1: Above above average.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So again,
1: it's about doing the work so that when people do say these words that may have a negative connotation to you, do not affect you.
0: Yeah. Again, yeah. it's the internalization that's the problem. People took her words and how she even defined things, right? And they gave all their power to her definition instead of their own. Um, I think also that context matters. So, what may be mediocrity to one person could be a literal miracle for another, they could be exceptional based on what they had to overcome, based on the circumstances that they came into the world in, or that they had to overcome, the obstacles they were faced with to be where they are today could literally be exceptional by comparison to other people who had the same or similar circumstances, right? So I think that we have to let people own their perspective. Um, We have to let people own their, um, their preferences. And then we have to do the same. And yeah. we have to be okay with disagreeing without always needing to respond in violence. Because right. all she, not all, but a lot, an overwhelming amount of response towards her because of her preference has been extremely violent.
1: And because and they were in their feelings for sure. Um, okay, so now let's talk about uh, where Ayanla's quote, where she said, the standards and the criteria we use to measure men is off for who we are as women in this society and who they are they being men end quote and (laughs) earlier um i feel like you had maybe said that you disagree with that statement so let's have a conversation about that statement So yeah, so when Ayama said that, I feel like I understand what she was saying, but I wanna hear how you feel about that statement, right? So our standards are off uh, because of who we are in this society and who the men are.
0: How
1: how do you feel?
0: (laughs) I think that that perspective may be a little bit antiquated. I think that the role of black women in society has shifted substantially today than maybe what it was twenty years ago, and I think that we are still today, even though we are demographically the most educated right now in the U.S. Um, first, foremost, front runners in entrepreneurship of any other demographic. I mean, black women—we are doing our thing. And oh it God. seems as though no matter how much we level up, improve ourselves, better ourselves, equip ourselves, I feel like the overwhelming message to us that i it seems that Auntie Iyala has co-signed is that we should not have the audacity to have a preference. How dare you have a preference? Consider where you are in, in society and then consider where our men are, the men are in society. You should just be grateful for what I, this is what I hear. You should be grateful for what you can get. And if he fits my definition of what a good man or qualified man or worthy man is, then that should be good enough for you and acceptable for you. And you should be so grateful. And (laughs) we're just not in a position anymore to have to settle or accept whatever we can get. We have the right, we have earned the right through the things that we have suffered, through the obstacles we have overcome, to have a preference mm-hmm. and to honor our preference. Now, there's an there are many, many women who have settled, and I bet you for many of them, regretfully so.
1: Then yeah. there are
0: many, many women who are just glad to have someone. They don't require a whole lot. Before the Ebony K. Williams of the world, who are very specific. And it's very high reaching, you know, what they want for themselves as it relates to income or status or power or influence. It, I just can't go with, with Auntie Iyala on that. I, I don't think that Ebony was wrong for having a preference. And I don't think anybody has the right to project their standard or their preference onto another person. I don't care. who Yeah.
1: You yeah. <laughs> and as I said earlier, I don't think that she's definitely not wrong. Because if she, no. if that's what she needs to be fulfilled in this relationship, mm-hmm. then so be it. You need to own things. And that is what she is requiring of you. And why can't we, as black women, call our men up? Yeah. Call them because what this statement is saying is, yeah, we're up right now, black women apparently, right? When it comes to education and owning businesses whatever, we up, we lit. <laughs> Okay, right. And if I want you to be lit with me, I need you to rise. Why would you want me to say, Okay, well, I settled for you. I settled. I settled sure. for you. Wouldn't that be the same as calling you average and mediocre? Okay, fine, average and mediocre man, I'll date you because you're pissed that I have a preference. Like, what? Do better, especially in the lane of emotional intelligence. And I say that mm-hmm. to you of my experience, of mm-hmm. who I, you know, the situation I just got out of, emotional intelligence was not there. And that is what I'm running into. And that is what I hear my peers say. You, Sky, mm-hmm. cameo on the podcast, mm-hmm. all black women. My friend, yeah. Adrian, black woman. And guess what? We are all educated. <laughs> and guess what? We all have our jobs. And guess what? All bills are being paid. And guess what? We're all doing the work. So can you come to the table with that as well for me you don't have to i don't care if you don't own the clean drugs fine yeah but the intelligence and your discipline matters to me more so um what i okay with that statement what ayala what I heard her say is the math ain't mathing and I get that and I guess there is a lane for that because maybe there's a lane to does this stop us from? getting in a relationship that we want. Maybe there's a lane for that. But then my faith kicks in and says, if there's a me out there, come God, on. Has, God has my opposite. Like, why is why do I think it's so hard for God to give me a man through the desires of my heart? Because ain't that what he said?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So faith come in there somewhere. And then I will also say marriage is not the end all be all. So, even right. if I do have my standards and preferences and I end up 89 and on my deathbed, I was never married. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not going to get to heaven and Jesus say, Oh, honey, you never got married. You poke
0: I'm going to send you to hell. Sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, marriage is, is a beautiful thing. And I me and you, we talk about this all the time. It's beautiful, it's honorable you know, um, especially when done well, when done righteously, right? When done right. Um, But again, we got to stop idolizing it in our culture. We've literally got to let God be God, right? Let him be, take center stage and let him remain there. And then everything else is a bonus. The careers, the money, the ownership, the opportunities, the access, the influence, the relationships, the travel, (laughs) all those things we love to do that we can't, can't talk about you know, all the fun that we have in yeah, this life. Um, you know, those things are a bonus. Again, when you center your, your life around, um, you know, that, that status, a marital status, I think that we continue to perpetuate a culture that really demonizes or stigmatizes, you know, singleness or divorce or what have you. And so the way that we kind of deconstruct that mindset, right? Or that thinking um, is to start showing people that this, my marital status does not have center stage in my life and that my life is still amazing and fulfilled and full of joy and community and legacy and greatness, um, regardless yeah. of that particular yeah. status.
1: Yeah. And you just walked us, uh, okay, transition, because <laughs> yeah. you just walked us into the next point we have written down. Um, yeah. And I'm gonna read the IG comment that we got on um, another video that we did on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I thought that this was um, a great point that I would love to um, discuss with you because my friend is a minister, y'all, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But he said that, uh, and we're gonna, the word love in this phrase is the romantic love, okay? And he said, I read, and I guess he read this somewhere, that once love replaced God as the highest good for a person to see, it became overemphasized, and that's what I mean. That you you walked us into the transition because you were talking yeah. about that feel is yeah. overemphasize what marriage can do for us and what marriage should mean in our life, and we disregard everything else because I'm not married, so I can't be happy. Which is why. You can take a picture of Ashanti on the beach, living her best life and say, oh, she ain't married and ain't got no kids. Something must be wrong with her. Right, the audacity. So how do you feel about this statement? And um, on the screen, I
0: do have a text that you sent, uh, myself and our friend Scott. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that this um, quote is really relevant. I think it's true. Um, Eros, you know, so the Bible, of course, tells us that God is love. We know that God is love. We do know that there's, you know, there's three kinds of, you spoke earlier about the agape love and here we know it's eros, the romantic love that the quote is referencing. Um, But I think that wherever there is the presence of love, there is the presence of God, right? However, whether whether it's um, agape, phileo, or, or eros, still it's love. God is love. But we have to make sure that we don't allow our desire for romantic love or for that eros to become idolatrous to us for it to, like the quote says, where it becomes so overemphasized that it takes center stage in our life and we desire it above you know he the one who created us right so i think it's about putting things back in proper perspective but again because of the culture it can be really a challenge to do that because we are constantly reminded i mean like through all of our gates our ears our, our eyes you know what we eat what we drink where we go what we touch what we it's just over emphasized that you know marriage is such a necessary part of our existence in order for us to be complete. And I think it is a lie. Um, And you and I talked about earlier, we talked about Paul in the scripture being single. We talked about how Jesus was single. Um, We didn't, I mean, there are many, many people, notable people in scripture who did amazing things who were unmarried, who were legendary, but they're unmarried. And so, yeah, I think we definitely have to be careful about replacing um, love, romance, marriage, um, above, you know, the one who created all of it. So,
1: yeah. Right. Right. And as we talked about um, off air as well, it's like in our lives right now, um, I think we're both working on how do I um, continue my relationship with God, get closer to our father, um, and and give him praise and joy and worship in our life, right? Yeah. And I love, I love that space we're in. I love that for us. Because I feel like society is the opposite. It's, no, how can you worship men better? How can you get smaller to get this man? How can you, you know, blah, 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 to get this man so you can get this um, trophy in life, which is marriage. Because once you get that, well, that means nothing wrong with you, girl. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> see the we can have this, and then we can have that, and then even if you do get married, if you don't do it right, like um, what is our <laughs> feminist name? Um, uh, the baby's name we just got married, and people dragged her for having a hundred and twenty-five dollar dress. What is the oh
0: the gym, the Olympic Simone Biles?
1: Simone Biles, you know. So just like she did get this trophy that y'all said you want, but I guess apparently she didn't do it right, so y'all it's dragged never her. Be enough. It's never, never gonna be,
0: be enough. Be- Yeah. So that's why you can't live for these people. You can't live for the audience. You cannot allow the court of public opinion to have power in your life. It is the greatest devastation that you can bring upon yourself is to give power to public opinion, and yeah. so um, yeah, I, I really, I really—that was so sad what happened with her. And exactly. you know, one of the things I would like to see, just as a psychologist, as a clinician, is for more clinicians, especially once they leave to feel the field, to start telling, uh, speaking out, telling the truth about what we see when we're working with married people.
1: Mm, um, yeah. Yes, please. You you know, know. about what you see when you're working with married people. I would love that.
0: It's not the prize that people think that it is, you know, the culture will lie to you and make you think that you're really, really missing out. And for some people, perhaps they are, but what people go through to maintain and to remain married sometimes is, um, some people are paying more than what they had, um, prepared for let me just say that yeah yeah Mm -hmm. their time their life their health their resource everything their their
1: entire selves yep and that walks us into what this text says so i want you to and you don't have to read the whole text you can summarize what you said to us and then explain because i loved what you said here
0: (laughs) yeah i said in our in our group text i said you know i'm i'm low-key starting to feel like this is a culture this cultural push for marriage and motherhood has been a means of maintaining uh, patriarchal control and dominance. And then I talked about, I said, to so just consider how after we become wives, we center our lives on the care of our husbands. And when children are added, we further center our lives on them. And then we typically forget about ourselves. And it's true. Um, what is the easiest way for men to maintain dominance and control? We're going to center everything around ourselves. We're going to make the ultimate um, goal, marriage so that the women can take care of us or them. Right. And then, uh, then we'll give you lots of babies and there will be nothing left for you. Right. Because your entire existence will, will exist around first being a wife and then a mother. And then if you have something left, maybe perhaps you can do something for yourself. But for those of us who have done that, you know, been there, done that. Oftentimes it is so difficult to do. And unless you're the kind of woman who has the kind of um, uh, career success that allows you to hire help and assistance, or unless you have the kind of support, right? So you can hire a nanny or a driver or a chef or whatever. There is It's very difficult to have something left for yourself once you become a wife and a mother. Um, and you, I mean, listen, I will never not have clients just because of self-care alone. Teaching women, especially professional women who are wives and mothers, how to still take care of themselves while they, wear, while they wear those capes, those superwoman capes, and literally take care of everybody connected to them. But they're they're trying not to lose themselves, lose their identity in the marriage, in the motherhood. But oftentimes, they don't know how to not do that. Because yeah. it's been systemically set up to be centered around marriage, the man, and then mothering,
1: and then mother. Yeah, and uh, again, <laughs> just going back to Paul, because you know this is a podcast. We are women of faith. You know, it's a faith-led podcast. Um, but just going back to Paul, and I really do want you listening uh, to this episode to read that scripture if you haven't. I, I bring it up all the time on the on my podcast, but. I believe that's what Paul was telling us. Like, if you get married and it's beautiful, Mm -hmm. it's probably going to cause you to forget about your purpose to neglect the relationship with God. So probably going into it, you need to have a solid foundation of what that means for you. Um, and then come together wholly, not trying to, I got to find my rib or I'm, I'm looking (laughs) for you know, my other half and no, Now that I'm older and at this big age, I know now, no, baby, again, where is your discipline, your emotional intelligence? If I'm going to, if I know Jesus' people by their fruit, let me, let me fruit inspect a little bit. Um, And so just Mm -hmm. circling all the way back to Ebony having her preference again, that is probably why, because I cannot continue down my purpose. If you are not ownership, if you don't have this, if you don't have X, Y, and Z but it starts with you and knowing who you are. And then you can look out and say, this is um, the type of man that would be my purpose partner. And Mm -hmm. then go from there. Mm -hmm. Are we just together so we can just lay up and have all the sex and uh, what are we doing? Why are we getting married? Um, And and it does go back to the conversation that we had, um, I wanna say the last episode that you and I had um, where we did talk about, we need to figure out why we want to be married. What is yeah. the reason? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: is it the why? societal pressure? Mm-hmm. Is it to get a trophy? Why? Um, and if you have a better understanding of that, right. we'll pick better. We would pick better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, let's go ahead and. And yeah, let's go ahead and end um, this episode on. See, I told you we wasn't gonna get to mass. <laughs> um, <laughs> <we'll> do, <laughs> the the season is about to wrap up, so we'll do that at the end. Which I'm sure some okay. other thing will pop on the internet, and we'll have to uh, discuss that as well. But, um, uh, you know, I just said I think we'll pick better if we know who we are, right? And so we got this. Uh, comment on a video of ours on Instagram from a lady named Megan. Uh, So shout out to her. And she wanted us to talk about this. And she had a question for us. Um, And again, this is uh, the romantic love, Eros. Eros is romantic, right? Yes. 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 She wanted to know, in your opinion, what is the difference between finding love versus choosing love right so the difference between i guess falling in love you know they say that i feel like romantic comedies teach us that we're just gonna fall in love so what is the difference between falling in love versus choosing love okay and so she wanted us to have that conversation and i would love to hear your answer
0: Yeah. When I originally saw that question, it really made me think about the process of love, like how we first find it and then we fall and then we choose to remain in love. Um, To me, it looked like a process for love to me. That's what I initially saw. Um, But I do believe that we choose who we love. I do. And then I think that love, when you're in a romantic relationship, a a loving relationship, I think you have to choose to, to love every day. Right every day you gotta you have to wake up and choose to continue to love a person, and the way that that looks is again it's it's by your fruit. It's how you show up for that person. It's about meeting their need. Um, I think it's even about meeting their perceived needs. Hopefully, you know your partner well enough to be able to at some point in time to be able to perceive what it is that they're going to need from you. And so I believe that in the falling part. Mm, I'm, a, I'm a little funny about falling in love, but I do think that, it, that there is a process um, that happens when we do begin to choose to love a person and that process is the process of falling in love. It is the agreement, the gradual agreement that we find ourselves day after day or experience after experience um, with that individual that allows us to quote unquote fall. Um, and then we just again, continue to choose it. Now, when we talk about finding love, um, I think that love oftentimes finds us. I don't think we really just find love. I really think that love locates us. And I think that oftentimes when that happens, um, it happens through first friendship, right? The first decision that you have to make is, do I even like this person? Because you're not gonna fall in love with someone who you don't first like. So it begins with friendship, right? We're friends. Um, And so you find a friend, you meet a friend, you make a friend with a person and then again like as you like to say rika through that data collection that dating process that's when the falling begins to happen you like them a little bit more gradually and then and once you love a person you choose to either continue to love them or not and so i think that you know you stop choosing when you stop showing up for a person in the way that they need you to show up for them Um, because you can show up but you can choose to show up in a way that does not meet their needs and so then now you're choosing not to love them. But when you are intentional and in how you show up for a person in that way, you are choosing to love them um, again and again.
1: Yes, yes. So a couple of things that you said is um, you, you two meet friendship and then you make an agreement um, to love each other, right? And mm-hmm. I don't think, let me see if I can explain this correctly. I don't think that a lot of people are having the discussions of how we are going to love each other, that agreement, because we think this um, fantasy of, oh, I'm just gonna feel it all the time. Those butterflies is what is going to make me love you and it's just gonna be Mm -hmm. beautiful. And so we don't have the conversations enough to then data collect, because if you're asking mm-hmm. the right questions, if you're observing, making an observation of their fruit, um, how disciplined they are, what is their integrity? What does that look like? If you're not doing that correctly, then therefore we don't choose correctly. So it's like, like you said, friendship, especially at this big, A, I'm not 22 anymore, right? So friendship we kind of come to an agreement. I'm asking the right questions. I'm data collecting. Do I like you on a, even that friendship level? Do I like to be around you? Okay, mm-hmm. knowing mm-hmm. exactly who I am and in that moment, not to say people can't, moments can't change them. Um, but, and then knowing who I am, because I've inspected myself and done a lot of work, then I can choose to love you.
2: To That's say- right.
1: Yeah. This is what you are going to need from me. This is yeah. what I need mm-hmm. from you. So let's mm-hmm. choose each other. And then it's a continued that's right. and yep. keep every talking. day. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it requires thing. such selflessness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the that's the that is the most prominent element that is missing from, from most relationships. People are selfish and the moment that you stop choosing to love your partner because you're choosing you because now it's my life it's about me it's about what i need and we put that ahead of what our partner as long as both parties continue to choose each other first right there will as long as the competition is i'm not going to let you out love me I'm not going to let you outserve me. I'm, I'm not going to let you outdo me when it comes to how well, if that is the only competition that's present, you will have continual, perpetual love every single day.
1: And that is biblical because the Bible says, outdo each other with love. So, I love the way you just said that. The competition the competition <laughs> should be my like, girl. I'm out, I'm man, I'm I yeah. love you. I'm an out. You. That's right. I'm I out. I
0: like love you. you. Yeah, I'm exactly. yeah. that's right. That should exactly. be the competition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but I and and
1: you know, I, I don't want to get 20 minutes into talking about maths, but what I will say is this. I saw that in the relationship in a- of course, I'm gonna forget the name. Noah. What's the white couple's name that um, uh, with the dogs and the boy was crying like Jessica. the dog died? Nicole and Chris. Yes. And Nicole, what? in her growth, is being um, is having. Uh, she's working through the trusting of men process. And when she vulnerably told Chris, "I need words of affirmation from you." Mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. even if mm-hmm. i say if i say it like this no i don't mean da-da-da. i want you to, to do to it. Read it and and do it yeah. this way that was beautiful because yeah. she again she, though. chris took that as a challenge it said "Bet." bet. Mm-hmm. and when yeah. he left those notes for her around the, the yes, word, yes. yes. Said, oh my god this is the perfect example of mm-hmm. knowing who you are, being able to mm-hmm. explain it. She even said, I felt stupid. I feel dumb that I have to say this to you. This is stupid mm-hmm. and I, I know it is, but I need this from you. Mm-hmm. And for Chris to not say, because I feel like I've been in these situations where men are like, I'm not doing that. Chris didn't say that. He said, <laughs> Say less. Mm-hmm. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, guarantee in a year from now two years from now whatever she won't even need that anymore because then that trust mm-hmm. factor has to and then she will understand that chris is here chris is i hope that's yeah. how it works out but mm-hmm. it's how it should work out and that's how it should be and yeah i said this, was, this <laughs> is my, this is my of my but life.
0: you notice it That process kind of began though, this is why doing the work is so important that it kind of began with her own emotional intelligence. She was self-aware enough to know what she needed. And then she also had language to be able to communicate and to articulate her need in a way that gave him space and opportunity to appropriately respond to it. And then because of him choosing love, right? He said, like you said, say less, I'm going to not only meet your need, I'm going to exceed your need. And every opportunity that I have to re-meet that need, I'm gonna do it. Even if it doesn't make sense to me, I don't have to validate it. I don't have to understand it. I don't need to affirm it. All I need to do is love you the way that you're asking me to love you, which means to show up for you to meet that need. So that, you're right. That is a picture of what the choosing love piece should look like for any, any you know, for partners, for, for couples every single day.
1: Yeah. 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 And there it is. There it is. Um, (laughs) All right. Uh, Did we miss anything? Is there anything that you want to touch on that we didn't touch on yet? Um, uh, This is the space to do that.
0: Yeah, no, I think I one of the things that I would love to see come out of this with the whole Ebony K. Williams thing is I would love to see black women support black women more as it relates to being vocal about our preferences. If we don't become each other's safe space, my God, who will be our safe space? Right. Because look at how we are attacked literally on every side um, about everything that makes us who we are on a daily basis, on a consistent basis. And so, um, we gotta be okay with disagreeing in a nonviolent way. I would have loved to have seen more black women be more vocal about allowing her to have her preference. And I would have loved to see more black women um, come to her aid, just come to her aid. But instead there, I am seeing, we're doing what we're doing and having this conversation, but I'm not hearing the, the level of support as I am with yes. the level of pushback that came from that that conversation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. um, I'm glad you brought that up because shout out to my boy, Jay Hall, who's also been on this podcast, girl. It was like, boom, boom. It was like, you sent me the video. And then an hour later, Jay Hall was like, did you see this? Did you see, let's talk. (laughs) Right. And so we, we, and listen, he does agree with Ebony is allowed to have her preference. Um, uh, And then we went into, and he wanted to discuss where black men are today and why they are in the history of um, even Jim Crow. He was like, we don't even have to go back to slavery, but Jim Crow. And, what he saw growing up in Detroit when all of the plants uh, there laid off the men. Um, but we did agree on she's allowed to have her preference. And he did say, he said, what I like that on your platform that you do, Rika, and what I wish Ebony would have done is tell us why that's her preference. He was like, I wanted to see her be vulnerable in that space to say, this is my preference because the men that I've dated or what have you or this and that and da 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 I have not experienced, I've, I have not had a good experience in these dating streets when I did not have my boundaries and preferences, um, which is what I know that I do on this platform. Go ahead,
0: I see you got. go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I think she was vulnerable from the beginning. She, she her approach to me from the start of, the, if when we watched the entire interview, She says, help me, show me the error of my ways or something like that. I think she entered into that space with Iyanla with an openness, with a level of vulnerability that does not typically come easy for her, that type of woman. She talks about being an attorney and that masculine energy or that kind of a dogmatic a boss chick posture that she's taken and how that's kind of worked against her. And so I think that Ebony was open, but I think that she got, when she felt challenged, the attorney rose up in her and she was like, absolutely not, no, is (laughs) it all, you know? (laughs) Her boss chick rose up and I think, again, space to allow for more context would have been helpful But I think that when a woman like that, who probably is not often that kind of vulnerable, is kind of railroaded in a sense, in a moment of vulnerability, she going to come out swinging because that's who she is. Yeah, because that's who she is for sure. Yeah. 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 And she did. Yeah. 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 She became defensive. And now she's becoming even more defensive. The more she feels attacked, she's like, hey, let me get y'all off me. And she's becoming yeah. more aggressive in her response. And so um, here's the thing. We got to stop internalizing people's postures, perspectives, and preferences. And the fact of the matter is that we're not going to always have the context. And so when we hear people state their opinions, our first response is should begin to be, I'm going to need more information before I formulate an opinion about what was said.
1: Right, right. And also knowing that our opinion is really doesn't matter for Ebony's yeah, life. Yeah, it's just mine.
2: It's <laughs> just,
1: <laughs> but, but I do think it is a, um, a, uh, a foundation for a conversation like this. So you can mm-hmm. start to, um, what's the word, Ex- excavate and whatever um, who you are as a woman, you want your man to be, maybe if you're in a relationship, uh, ask these questions. This would be a great conversation starter if you are out here in these yeah. dating streets right? and you're on date number yeah. three, four, five
0: to be like, So, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but um, no, I do think it's a great conversation starter. But again, hopefully, you know, I think that people who have high EQ, high emotional intelligence will know enough to know that. Um, it's okay for her to have her preference and it's hers. She can own it. I don't, my opinion, again, has no bearing on her preference and vice versa. Her her opinion has no bearing on my preference. I want what I want for me. She wants what she wants for her. Where she places her value may be different from where I place value in a partner. And so it is what it is. Life goes on. We've given this so much time um, and public spaces, so much energy that people could just really kind of more so um, focus that energy on, uh, you know, t- building themselves and taking care of themselves and preparing themselves for what they want, we'd all be in a much better p- position. All
1: right. Well, we are going to end on that. And I, I, well, let me end on this. <laughs> Especially the last 20 minutes of this conversation about um, coming to an agreement of love, data collection, and then choosing. It is setting up the next episode I will have Uh, with uh, my friend Meg. She went to Howard too and she's uh, 37 and she is married to um, a a black man. They're both black. I love it. And she is going to break down their process Mm -hmm. that they went through. And she said they have an emergency plan for trauma. They have an emergency plan for X, Y, and Z. And she literally, basically project management (laughs) uh, her marriage. And again... Exactly. We don't do that enough. We don't come to this agreement um, because we think it's a, the fantasy version instead of like, no, we need to agree on what words mean, what we're doing, da da da. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited mm-hmm. that we this conversation first, and then Meg will be up next. So, uh, Dr. Okay. Tayari Wilson, thank you so much for again, yet again, <laughs> for being a friend of the <laughs> show. Um, if you want, to uh huh uh her information will be in the show notes per usual so thank you for being on the show
0: all right thanks for having me
1: (laughs) thank you for listening to single you the podcast did you learn something? Was it a positive experience from you? Did it make you think in a different way? I want to know that. So can you do me a favor? Can you leave me a review? I know that on Apple Podcasts, you can definitely leave a comment and a five-star review. I think you can on Spotify, but I'm not sure about the other platforms. But on Apple Podcasts, it's simple. All you got to do is say, Rika, I learned something, or I loved it when you said X, Y, and Z. Or you could say, your guest said X, Y, and Z, and I loved it. You hit submit, five review boom then i get the review i see it and it helps me play the algorithm game okay the more comments and reviews that i get the more that these platforms push my podcast up for more women like you to listen to this podcast you can go a step further and you can even share this podcast with a friend if you're like yo my friend would love this episode or would learn from this episode it would be positive for her can you share it please